0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with mixed media artist April Tsunami. We talked about her work, how she translates her identity in the physical world, working with and without support of those around you, her influences, the importance of finding communities, and the importance of outreach. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon, Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists. Stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with April Tsunami, visual artist, painter, working in mixed media, some installation work in the past. April, how would you describe your work?
1: So, um, I do mixed media paintings of women, uh, okay women and hair, women in body coverings. Um, so I stick with I've been doing the same thing for, oh gosh, like over a decade now. okay, and uh, I use just different different materials, collage, glass, just various materials and items that usually have some symbolic significance to me so
0: okay and and it is women of color that mm- you
1: yes mainly. yes okay. Yes.
0: While that subject matter is the same what sort of is the the theme to that work what is it meant to signify
1: well you know i think it's evolved over time okay. um so when i first started doing it um so i always kind of tell this story it's a little funny story okay um, so when i first started to do it i had decided i'm i'm gonna do artists i'm gonna, I'm gonna like make a go of it as an artist and try to do this full time. Okay. And so, um, this was after school. This was after,
0: cause you do have an MFA. I had, I have an MA. I okay. have an MA.
1: Yeah. I have an MA in art history. So okay. yeah. Yeah. But, um, so when, um, I decided to make a go of just make having a studio practice okay. and making art full time, I thought that um, in order to kind of solidify my identity as an artist, okay. I felt like uh, I needed to I need to make that physical. I needed to make a physical manifestation of that. So I grew um, locks. Okay. And um, so that for me it was just, your hair. Yeah, my okay. hair. Yeah. So for me, I thought that was uh, it was this symbolic. Um, it was a symbolic commitment to myself okay. that I was gonna do. Art full time, and um, and somehow it filtered into the work, and that's what I became preoccupied with after that. So,
0: so basically portraying women of color with. The hair is sort of the ornamental piece of your work. Correct? Well,
1: you know, it, it has. Uh, first of all, I just kind of feel like it has a lot of. Um, it just has a lot of weight. It has a lot of resonance, okay. and especially for for black women, and okay. it's just a way to signify your identity. I think at that time, and I think you know, locks right now are pretty ubiquitous and kind of standard. Women wear them in all environments and corporate environments, and okay. and everywhere. So um, I think the meaning has changed, but I think at that time. Um, just kind of growing up the way that I did and, um, you yeah, know, I guess a fairly kind of conservative thing where people, you know, women were expected to have perm their hair, have straightened their hair. Okay. For me, this was like, I'm, I'm rejecting. This was rebelling. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. This was a rejection of, of all of that. And okay. Then, and also deciding to be a full-time artist was a rejection of all the stuff that I was expected to do, you know? So like, you know, go and.
0: If you were to ask, you five years before you had started this full-time what what was your career path at that point
1: oh goodness um so i was, i think i was still pretty pretty young okay <laughs> i i think initially it was like i i still wanted to be in art but the idea was to be um an art administrator okay um so that was that's like, what your schooling that, was in that's that was like my trajectory at that that point um so
0: why did you make that that leap because well, it's a leap of faith, right? It is. It is a leap of, of faith. Basically making this commitment of like, I've got to make money doing this now. Mm-hmm. What was that change?
1: Well, there were a couple of different things. Okay. I, I would say it's something I've always wanted to do, but just didn't have the courage to do um and money was was right. it but i would probably say one of the biggest things was just uh encouragement and support system okay you know at this time Did I, you had that yeah okay yeah yeah which, which i actually i got from i would probably say my husband was like the main driver for me
0: chris gets credit for chris
1: that. gets credit for that There's totally the shout out to yeah chris. chris gets credit because yeah he was like hey why don't you do it full time? I'm like, that's crazy. That's insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> how are we supposed to make this work? Well, and- and I don't
0: want to delve too deep into it, but he is a, basically a cultural critic in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, has a blog that we'll link to in the show notes for the podcast. But then also, he sort of ha- he's a developer mm-hmm. professionally yeah. by day. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's again, I sort of want to give him credit to sort of say he gave you the permission through support to go out and pursue this on your I own.
1: I would I would say yes. Okay. I would say and yes. And not in any sort of like yeah, ownership. Yeah, no ease. no right. gosh, no no I wouldn't give them that much credit. But no <laughs> <laughs> permission but. through support. Right. Oh well, yeah, I mean it, it was it was definitely like a shift in thinking about you know what was possible and what you can do and part of it is that you know he came from a family of of artists who got it you okay. know who like really prioritized and valued it whereas you know I would probably say on my side of the family we're very pragmatist now you know? where did we're, you grow up I grew up in Cincinnati okay mm-hmm.
0: got it and it you did undergrad here yes and then you were at OU for your postgraduate yep, work in Athens. okay yeah got it was your family supportive of that education that you were pursuing?
1: Oh, so there were lots of different conversations about this. So when I was an undergrad, my goal was I was gonna do just art. And my mom's like, Well, sweetie, why don't you couple that (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you have a backup? Right. Why don't you couple that with a business uh why don't you couple that with a business degree? Mm -hmm. And yeah, after macroeconomics I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. And then um so yeah, I took a took several um undergrad art courses and then I found an art history course and I was this is like an awful story, but this is what it is. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> after taking art history and I actually loved it, I took a couple of survey courses. Yeah. And then I just kept taking classes because they were easy to get into and they were available. And the next thing you And know, you enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. They were right. awesome. I really did. I I loved it. And um, after looking around, I was like, oh, my God, I can graduate in four years if I
0: if I continue taking this.
1: So it made me also kind of like rethink it. And it was actually terrible to say. It was a really good selling point for my mom to tell her, like, hey, look, I can get into museum work. I can Mm -hmm. do art administration. You know, I can write. I can do all of this. And the virtue of studying that at a place (laughs)
0: like Ohio State is they are going to arm you with – here are the career fields please major in our major you know yeah. the schools have an incentive to get you to major in those fields
1: uh yes no it was okay. it was pretty it was pretty straightforward like this is what we're studying and um there i wouldn't um necessarily say we were you know there was a lot of career preparation okay. afterwards but you you know like going into it you know you, you could see fields you, that you could apply. Yeah, this to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you did your research, you would see like, well, this is I can do this and I can do that with right. with this. And I will say, I mean, I have no regrets whatsoever about it because um, it. I mean, I still use it. Right. To this day and all of that knowledge in my work and in my studio practice now. So.
0: so having that art history background, what classically would people say are or would you say are your influences for your work?
1: I would probably say and this is another <laughs> this is another thing. Okay. I I digress way too much, but Please. um but I would probably say that the one of the biggest influences, early influences in my work were probably like the um modern 20th century artists. So okay. Gustav Klimt, mm-hmm. Alphonse Mucha, all all of those folks were like really who I tried to emulate. And then it was only until maybe after I graduated um, then I, I kinda had to discover there's like a wider world of artists out here than like the European canon. And that yeah. kinda like started me on a whole different path Okay. If you will. So, um, or a whole, you know, those, don't get me wrong, those influences are still with me. And, and you people can certainly st- see the Klimt, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people say that to me all the time. I mean, he, yeah, it's definitely, definitely that influence is there. And, um, I mean, know. it's
0: in the color, it's in the pattern, it's in, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and I have a. And what um, scale
0: do you work? I've seen, because I've seen pictures oh, of gosh, your work, but it, I don't know how big it is. It's
1: pretty, it's all over the place. Okay. All Pretty much all sizes. Like, I've done some pretty large scale work. I have a. Mural at the Reeb Center, which is like four foot by eight. Okay. Um, And then I also do like small studies, uh, which are like four by four square. So. Gotcha. Four inches by four inches square.
0: Gotcha. So let's go back to 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. What did that look like when you first started working as a, again, working artist? You set up a studio.
1: Uh, so yeah, I used a spare bedroom, which okay. was a studio and then um, and then the house we were living in at the time I um, kind of fixed up the attic okay, moved up there and, and uh, that afforded me a little more room and work there. Mm-hmm.
0: And you had young children at the time?
1: Um, no, actually before you had, didn't have kids yeah at before. This point. Okay. Yeah so actually I want to say I started to um, I, I was thinking about doing this more full time before I went to grad school. then okay. I went to grad school. Okay. And then, yeah. And actually, during grad school is when I had children. So, <laughs> got it.
0: And so, you were pursuing, were you basically pursuing like, group shows or individual shows or looking for places to show your work?
1: Yeah, man, it was all over the place. So, yeah, so it started off with, like, uh, coffee shops. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, one of the the big things for me, I started out with um, I joined um, a group, Okay. especially, like, first, right before I went to um, grad school, I was in a group. And at the time, they were called Sisters of the Arts, and they later – um, turned into creative women of color. Got it. Um, so creative women of color. And um, when they started to do shows, those were, like, my first kind of, like, bigger, like, group shows. That okay. I but my solo shows, I would show – I showed Ha Pizza. in uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. And um, Yellow Springs. I'm telling you, coffee shops, wherever they – you know, wherever – Place anywhere that you I went, would patronize any place that I patronize I would put my work up and okay. I've you know I made it a regular habit to try to make sure that that stuff was out it was rotating mm-hmm. um I would probably say one of the shows that I actually like first like sold a couple of pieces it was Cafe Kerouac. Yep. <laughs> I had a um I organized a show with my um my buddy Mark Carwell okay. who created a whole series I don't think he was like he was a CCAD grad and he was an amazing artist, but wasn't really in the practice of making art. And he had one room and I had the other room and we kind of like made it an event, you know, got a couple of friends who read poetry. and Anyway, it was just like, uh, you know, just a homegrown effort, okay? you know, and uh, yeah, and I put some paintings on the wall. And, and um, it was like a, a real kind of shot of confidence, like, oh, OK, I, can I do need this. to keep. Yeah, I need to keep on with this. You right. Know? So, yeah.
0: And so what, over the course of the last 10 years, sort of what do you see as the, there was that Kerouac show, there was joining the group right at the beginning. What are the other sort of, I'm thinking about this for aspiring artists that are listening, like what are the other benchmarks you see that were... Your successes,
1: Yeah. So, you know, I get asked this all the time from, okay. you know, people who are aspiring artists. So what do I do? And right. I would probably. Join a group. Yeah. I would say, well, first, you got to do the work. So. Right. So you create a consistent body of work. And I would probably say no matter what level it is, because I, I will tell you this as well. Um, when I had um, one of my first group shows with creative women of color. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I I thought I was, I thought I was doing some like really cool and fun work and, uh, the work got placed in this like really, um, kind of like, uh, kind of off off the corner way, but it was it was okay. really it was really inspirational to me. It was a good good lesson to me because not only that, everybody in that show was so amazing and okay. so talented. And this is the utility of groups. When you show and you are in community with really good artists, you mm-hmm. also will you know you will try to rise up to that standard and that's that's kind of what happened it made okay. me work harder so i was like i will never be relegated to you a were little, put off in the corner <laughs> of, of a the dimly job. lit corner ever again okay and so this was like this was this was fuel this was motivation for me and um so yeah so this is that that's one thing i would say a create a consistent body of work get it out there mm-hmm. i don't care what you um you know what what level it might be just just work to get it out there mm-hmm. you know start off just hustle with some like little places to show work coffee right. shops or you know whoever they're all looking for art. yeah exactly right. exactly and that kind of gives you confidence it helps you uh figure out how to hang your work and just gets you in the practice of doing it mm-hmm. um and then next thing i would say next level thing is yes join a group join a collective creative Women of color was um so man i can't say enough it was so pivotal for mm-hmm. me and not only was I just like showing with really phenomenal um artists but you know I got a couple mentors in the process you okay. know so they you know when you get some good people in your corner they're kind of like hey April listen <laughs> Let's talk about this. And, right. You know, and they get brutally honest with you and you take it. You know, Use constructive criticism. Don't get upset. You just. Right. You know, you. you well, just, and do
0: these group while they're putting on group shows, are they also doing like critiques like you guys are sitting down and doing evaluations of each other's work or is it primarily? Just no,
1: not necessarily. You know, a lot of these groups, they were um, open, you okay. know, so it wasn't like you'd have a group show. You would you'd have a theme that you'd work under Mm -hmm. you'd bring the work and um and you know how people responded to it at the reception was like that was that That was was it it. yeah that was it for um
0: what kind of venues would they put those shows up in
1: so i think the first one that creative women of color had was at the king arts complex Mm -hmm. which is beautiful gallery Lazar pierce gallery and um so that, I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, a great venue. Mm. So, yeah, and and um, so it's a big, it's a big boost. I mean, it's an honor to be there. But right. then, uh, you know, come back, you know, another time with an exhibit and, you know, and have a really good response to your work is, that's, a, that's an important milestone.
0: Yeah. What other sort of resources would you recommend for artists? I know that you've received recognition from like GCAC. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other sort of things for folks to tap into as an artist?
1: I think that, I mean, first of all, GCAC is just amazing and phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I would say is probably like one if not the one of the biggest resources for artists here and they are just giving out money. I mean so apply for grant right. really and they will show you how to do it and They'll you know you just yeah, yeah get tapped in, go to the events. Um yeah definitely make sure you do that because it's that that's what they're there for. They're there right. to support artists. So that's that's like number one. The other thing um that I would say the resource, the most abundant resource are just really good artists. There are tons of artists out there. Mm-hmm. And this community has artists that are really generous and giving of their knowledge and their time. And I have just been so lucky to just stumble upon a lot of these people who mm-hmm. <laughs> have like really just have just, um, and you it's know, just
0: sort of picking their brain and sort of saying, like, mm-hmm. how did you do
1: that? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Picking their brain or, um, having them invite you to be a part of a show and, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, you just learning along the way as you do. Yeah. Yeah
0: talking a little bit more sort of about the work you talk about how the the mixed media the actual physical items that you add to your work that's not paint Mm -hmm. what is the significance of give me an example of like what that's meant to represent because yeah. you've, you've sort of referenced it in mm-hmm. artist statements that i've read and, and interviews you've done yeah I'm just
1: curious. <laughs> so yeah i've used credit cards i think that's obvious okay you know there's like that's this the uh, yeah <laughs> yeah well it is i mean it's it, there's this um yeah it, it kind of talks about um money you mm-hmm. know it's, it's really a reference to money there's this piece that um i did and um I had sold a while ago, and it was called something blue. So it was this woman who is uh, she just has this bouquet of flowers in her ha- um, her hand, mm-hmm. and it's all composed out of like credit cards, you know. So it's just kind of talking about, um, yeah, i mean, just talking about money and just well, like is that the a marriage reference too? Well, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, really, because um, you said something blue. Yeah, like something with- blue. Well, it's okay. So this is Editors I don't know is I'm always digressing here. So Please. at one point. I worked for a wedding photographer who's this amazing wedding photographer but it was really interesting to um i kind of always would go through and edit the roles of film right and i loved it because through every single roll of film there was a story you Mm -hmm. know there was this like the whole narrative about like What was happening? There's no words, but there are these stories, these rich stories about people's families coming together and interacting and what I'm sure you can
0: can see like throughout the course of the day or whatever. Oh, yeah. How the bride's face changes. How the how the groom's face changes. How they're
1: reacting to certain family members. Some ways you could tell who paid for the wedding. It's really (laughs) interesting. It's so interesting. It was just really fascinating. So it um I can't remember when I did it, but a while ago I did a uh, series. It was like a bride. Bridal series uh-huh. and it was just um it was just all about brides and it was kind of um um just um, kind of inspired by that experience and that piece mm-hmm. that I did, something blue with the credit cards and so forth was um, significant for that. Another thing that I use a lot are mm-hmm. cowrie shells. And I know a lot of people use shells. What is that again? Shells. So, cowrie shells are these, um, they're kind of these ivory co- covered, or uh, uh, sorry, no, ivory colored um, shells. And they kind of have like a really distinctive shape. They're kind of almond shaped. Uh-huh. And then there's like this uh, kind of dark. In the um, center, center, it's jagged, yeah, it almost looks like exactly, teeth, right? yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and so, in a lot of places, I mean, they're used all throughout Asia and um, all throughout West Africa and, and different places along the coast because they're a shell. Mm-hmm. In some places, they're used for currency, they're also used for decoration and so right. forth. And so, whenever I use that, it's like a, it's like a direct reference to uh, my heritage as okay. an African American, you okay. know. So, I like to use those a lot. First of all I like the way they look aesthetically and how you yeah. put them together and those patterns but also think about this is like the the link basically like this link between um, it, me being here in America uh-huh. and then this culture in Africa and like this continuity of culture you know okay. that hasn't really left you know there's this great diaspora of African people and that culture has spread mm-hmm. and it still lives on and still persists Right. You know, it hasn't gone anywhere. Well, and you've also talked in your hardest mm-hmm.
0: statements about your desire to sort of point back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes it's being forgotten. Or, yeah. Or ignored or not acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, or yeah, or intentionally omitted. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it was. And that was another thing, just being... Um, a person who uh, who loves history and uh, thinks about history all the time and studied art history. Right. And the, so just really being frustrated <laughs> at all the stories that were being told. And and um, so, yeah, the, that was a, a primary motivation for me to, like, really reference that. Gotcha. And, and it makes some really meaningful connections with that, that material.
0: And so talk what again while the subject matters remain the same the themes have evolved talk about what you know let's say maybe a year after you became a working artist to now mm. what do you think is the greatest difference oh in,
1: gosh
0: <laughs> first of all the way you work uh-huh. um and then also sort of the level at which you're you're showing
1: mm-hmm. yeah well is. uh You know, I think the people who um, kind of know me and have followed me kind of find this probably the most inspirational because there is a clear clear evolution, a clear trajectory, you know. So when I first started, um, you know, the preoccupation was, it was, I think, very, um, it was very aesthetically motivated, you know. It was. That was it. I just really wanted to create beautiful paintings, and they were much okay. simpler. You know, that was I worked in all oils back then, and I was very interested in color and pattern, and and um, just really combining abstract shapes with human figure, okay. or you know, a, hu- a female figure. And that was it. And so um, as I continued to work along, I, I I still wanted to do that, but I added more things into it, more um, interest into it, using that same framework. So, um, Adding a message to it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so I would probably say, let's say in 2012, um, that was another show I had with Creative Women of Color. I wanted to – I really wanted to um, – Talk about different ways of. Uh, I had this series called "Ways to Speak Without Speaking," so it was really about different protests. Okay. Um, and yes, I should revisit that now. Actually, Okay. it's <laughs> a good time to revisit that series. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it was th- that was. Um. I just wanted to. I just kind of felt like as I'm growing as an artist, it would it would. I don't know. I just can't not respond to things that are happening in my time or things that I'm interested in, such as social justice, you know? Yeah. So um, things that I think about and that are meaningful to me. So that ended up getting incorporated into the work, and it still is there. Um, I would probably say over – I'm kind of phasing out of it, but probably for the past two years, I think my work has been very, um, very spiritual. Okay, and it's just really based and rooted in my preoccupation with spiritual themes, you know. And, um, so and that gets incorporated into the work, where, right. You know, I'm just taking all of these different, um, just different iconography from different um, religions, mainly Christianity, and putting it into my work, you mm-hmm. know. And so it was that preoccupation is there. And then I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. We'll okay. see. But I think, it, you know, it's good. it's definitely going back more into social themes. I'm definitely incorporating more themes um, in terms of... Um, Ancestry, and okay. African history.
0: Now, do you are you involved at all in social justice or follow?
1: Um, yeah. You know, I could also. I mean, I can always do more. I can tell right. you that much. Well, but, and I'm sorry, uh, not in
0: the work, but personally.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I'm I'm preoccupied with. I okay. follow. I read. Okay. Um, you know, I know about it. Good. Um, you know, relatively woke. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> as the young kids like to say. As but say. Uh, Yeah. And so, do you guys
0: go to church?
1: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: just curious mm-hmm. how those sort of things, while they're reflected in the work, how much are they reflected in your life? Yeah. And I'm also curious, as I'm sort of a new father, and I'm curious mm-hmm. how having children sort of influenced your work.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot. Actually, the way... <laughs> I would probably say when my daughter turned one mm-hmm. and uh, I was able to kind of like be a little more independent physically from her because I weaned her. And, yeah. And I could feel confident, you know, having her stay with her grandmother for longer periods of time. Yeah. And I think I really kind of saw. Uh, me being more prolific after that. Okay. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think the materials changed. Once I started, um, once I had my son, that was like the introduction of all the mixed media stuff that I do. Really? So I actually ended up switching over to acrylic medium for a little while. And I still do oil I do all of the faces in oil but um you know I kind of got scared off by some of the all of them are dangerous you know like all literally every, you're talking about the chemicals. yeah everything okay. is gonna kill you but you know if you're a first-time mother you're like oh my gosh can't I, have don't this in my this. House. I don't want this seeping into you know <laughs> there's a little bit of fumes yeah exactly so I was yeah I was kind of freaked out about that so um and and then once I started to do acrylic, I learned like, oh my goodness, this is like this very stable medium. I can mm-hmm. like, you know, adhere things and really kind of um, I could be a little more exper- experimental. Yeah. Than with um, with oil in yeah. some way. So that's yeah. So that yeah. Those are I think two two big shifts. It's and
0: interesting to me how practical those things are. Though, I know. Right? Yeah. That, no. Like it yeah. Is. It's you're very sort pragmatic. of your 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 work is obviously <laughs> sort of. Both reaching into the past and, and, you know, meant for some existence in the future Mm -hmm. because you're reflecting on your current time as an artist. Mm -hmm. But also it's like, yeah, I don't want chemicals around my kids. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then
1: also that like preoccupation with time, you know, uh like I only have, you know, I only have two and a half hours. I only have three hours before I have to, you know, do this. And I need to make the most out of this time, you know. Right. And it, 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 in some ways, it kind of forces you to be more, um, be more productive and planful. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, definitely like plan your work. So I am, I'm very, um, for the most part, very kind of methodical. You keep hours, my, you, yeah. Yeah, I keep regular, steady hours, and yeah, kind of because so I have to. Right. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, the work won't get done. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about some of the sort of what you see happening in Columbus specifically in terms of the art scene here?
1: Uh, Well, I would say, first of all, um, in the places I've gone and I've seen, I mean, Columbus has an art scene that rivals a lot of places, Mm -hmm. like really seriously, like Atlanta, Philadelphia. And I would say the main difference is that um, since we're smaller, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a little tight knit, and I think it's definitely open. We don't have. I mean, if you want to show here in Columbus, you can show here in Columbus. You can right. you can find you can get hooked up. You can get a show. I don't feel like it's like an old boys club necessarily. You know what right. I mean? But Bar- like the the opportunities are open. It really is like the the what, what do we call it? The independent what NDR, was that of yeah, the world. yes it is it really is the NDR capital of the world like you you just do it just do your thing you put it out there and you can do it so I would say that going forward what Columbus can do is to continue to um, continue to foster that I think too Columbus has been so preoccupied for a long time with like having a specific brand mm-hmm. you know we always had like this um, inferiority complex to why I don't know like New York why even compete Or like Austin, (laughs) you know, like, well, we need to like have keep Columbus weird. We don't. We don't need that. Like just we need to
0: not necessarily work.
1: Yeah, exactly. We did not necessarily be content, you know, always, you know, work towards something better. But um, we um, yeah, I think we just need to like continue to work. I think um, continue to strive towards being more inclusive, which I think, um, you know, we're making Good, good steps in the right direction towards mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of work to be done, and I would say the biggest thing is more. <laughs> we just need to um, create a culture with people really support work i, I okay. mean it just really my thing burns me up when people ask me to do things for free and i'm sure any working artist will tell you the same thing like yeah. please, please do not ask us <laughs> well and it's interesting so,
0: gcac very specifically yeah won't let you hire their artists to even come in and like give a talk yeah for free yeah no um, they,
1: no and that's it their whole thing is you They like artists artists, need to be compensated, and so it's that you know. And I think GCAC is great at doing that, but we need the the public also to get behind this, you know. And I think there's a there's a campaign right now that's underway that is fostering more of a culture of um, where artists prioritized and it valued. Yeah, you know, the artist work is valued. So I think there is a cultural shift that is happening in in a good. A good way, but I just say more momentum behind that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Who are some of the folks that, obviously, you, let's give you some credit, but who are some of the folks that you would recommend that if somebody were looking? looking to check out more visual art in Columbus who are the folks to sort of seek out and look at
1: oh my goodness so um I had to give a little shout out to my um studio mate Pilgrim Mm -hmm. um Pilgrim is an amazing artist she does all the wonderful puppets you see at all the festivals she would be a wonderful um wonderful artist and she does stuff that's completely different um I know that there's, uh, gosh, there's so many. There's so much talent here. There's McCole Childress who does, like, amazing, beautiful, abstract works. Um, There is... Gosh, let me see. So you want young up-and-coming people or anybody? Like, just people who just need to be – I can – oh, my gosh. Just rattle them Yeah, I mean, Queen Brooks, who actually is a mentor. She's been in town forever. Okay. um, But she is incredible and is a legend in in her own right. Um, I would say Janet George is an amazing artist. And not only is she an artist, but she's a really big uh, supporter of artists. You know, she just really tries to – just really lift lift artists up. Um David Butler is an amazing artist. Gay Riesling is an incredible artist. There's so many. There's an incredible amount doing doing work here. So many. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I need
1: to yeah, I need to prepare a list. Let me email you a list. Cool. Can we'll, I email <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put that in the show yeah, notes. Put that well. in it. yeah
0: just again talking sort of about resources are there other groups i know you had talked about creative women of color are there other groups that folks can look to other than you know gcac to um basically for shows or for guidance mentorship group shows that they may put together
1: well um right now i'm not necessarily tapped in i know how art league is a really important group but two groups that were really important to me and they are um They um, are no longer um, operating or together is mother artists that work in creative, um, um, creative arts of women. So those are two really pivotal groups for me that kind of further pushed me and um, kind of helped nurture me as an artist and um, also just provided. Very special people in my life who have helped, you know, guide me along and mentor me, and yeah, um, you know, just give me different opportunities. So, how
0: important was it for you to be involved in groups that were groups that were your peers? You know, these were uh, first of all, you know, women of color. There was assume that the motherhood group was uh,
1: a art, mothers, artist, yeah, <laughs> artists that are mothers.
0: I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to refer to it as sort of a safe space to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, show and create and and interact with artists
1: well that's it you know i mean sometimes um those are the groups that kind of welcome me with open arms you know and it was like i had somebody who was like you know was like hey come join this group yeah um some other groups you don't necessarily have you know have that someone Mm -hmm. that I mean, it's important to seek those groups out, you know, if you are looking for, um, you know, a way to be in community with other artists. Right. You do. You have to have that. But um, but in, in both of these cases, it was just like, hey, why don't you go check this out? Or, you know, I've heard a lot about them and you go and you just you have a lot in common with everybody. Right. You know, you vibe with everybody who's there um, and you you respect. The art that is being produced um by some of the people so that's yeah that's yeah it.
0: cool hmm april thank you so much for oh thank
1: you thanks for having me and it was this was a this is a good time absolutely thanks
0: thank you for listening to the confluence cast presented by columbus underground Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of The Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite mixed-media artist. If you're interested in sponsoring The Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info@theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.